This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. And if you are giving $5 a month, uh, you will get access to a feed without ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rest of you, listen to the ads and uh, use promo codes liberally. <laughs> it helps us support the show. How are you, Hammond? I I am excellent. I'm slowly readjusting to normal life. Right. uh, Which is the same as pandemic life, but everyone else is leaving the house. But you have to come to my house more often. I know, yeah. (laughs) Um, I am leaving for Portland in about 12 hours. I am so fucking excited. I'm going to visit my friends. Um, So today, And it turns out, here's a fun thing, if you haven't taken a trip in a year and a half... It's really hard to remember how to pack clothes, stuff, clothes. I did pack literally. I'm going for five days. Guess how many pairs of underwear I packed? Just guess. Five days. Mm -hmm. And I'm staying at my friend's place. They have a washing machine, like a washer dryer. It's a house. If it's more than three, I'm going to be disappointed now. Uh Oh, (laughs) I brought 10 pairs of underwear. Jesus. I think it's left over from like vacationing as a kid when you always extras. Well, it's always extras and also like, oh, you're gonna go swimming and then you have to like put on a whole different outfit. So in my <laughs> head, I'm just like, I need three pairs of underwear a day, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm very excited. I'm very overwhelmed. I am jealous of the getting on a plane and going anywhere right now. So yeah. soon. Being so. not here is going to be great. Like, <laughs> I love my house. I love my husband. I lo- Shut up, daddy. I love my dog. <laughs> oh, but, boy, but not being in these four walls is going to be a treat. <laughs> come back soon or never come back. Whatever yeah. it is. Whatever so makes you happy. So we're recording this on Friday. Or excuse me, on Thursday. So if anything big happens Thursday <laughs> night or Friday... We'll talk about it next week. Sure. Deal with it, nerds. That was mean. You didn't deserve that. Um, I also wanted to plug at the top. um, Sorry. (laughs) As I erase my notes. Go on. No, I haven't just timestamps. And I can just see every time. I'm like, oh, another thing. He has to like cross out the timestamp. Like this idiot's talking again. Um, This Sunday at 3 p.m. Central, um, you can see me and my face on uh, the Nonprofits, which is an atheist community of Austin um, uh, cor- uh, organization, I guess. Yes. Um, so YouTube show nonprofits yeah. yes. with a PH. Yes. Um, I recorded it last night. I'm very excited about it. Um, and it was just genuinely a wonderful, wonderful show. We had, uh, Puck was our host and then Arden of Eden and Cynthia McDonald. And they were all gems. I am obsessed with all of them. They were great. Um, so, so yeah, check please, it out. please check that out. And then, yeah, say nice things, I guess. Really <laughs> up my profile in the Atheist Podcast universe. Go ahead, Hammett, what do you have this to say? This is how the riches build up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm basically talking to you from a giant <laughs> pile of cash, like in Batman. <laughs> it's really unfair, the chair you're sitting on. Uh, <laughs> let's start with a happy story. All right. And this is one we actually talked, I was looking this up, we talked about this years ago. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, yes. singer. Um, for those who don't remember, in 1992, she was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. She had put out a couple uh, hit songs, uh, maybe many more, but there were a couple at the time that were really uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. And she sang a cover of Bob Marley's song, War. Mm-hmm. And if you watch video of what happens, it's one of those, like, there are no instruments. It's just her and her voice. We call that acapella in acapella. the music business. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> at the very end, it talks about fighting the real enemy. Mm-hmm. And during rehearsal, I believe, she had 
put up, hold, held up a picture of something. I don't remember. That I represented a that real was. enemy. And she uh, showed it on camera during like dress rehearsal. And there, that wasn't controversial. She was talking about a real issue. Um, and no one thought anything of it during the actual live performance, the one that everyone saw on TV. When she said, fight the real enemy, she holds up a picture of Pope John Paul II mm-hmm. uh, because of the child sex abuse scandals and the cover ups in the Catholic Church. Again, 1992, mm-hmm. like a decade before like newspapers began publishing stories about right. uh, before the Boston Globe spotlight team got around to it. She did this in 92, held up Pope John Paul II, ripped up his picture on camera. There is dead silence Mm. after that performance. Amazing. And at the time, she only really got backlash. Oh, my God. It it genuinely ruined her career for a long time. And she was a crazy talent. It is a crazy talented person. Uh, During dress rehearsal, she held up a picture of a refugee child saying we have to fight um, against letting these kids suffer. Um, But yeah, she was a pariah for a very long time. Now, when we talked about her um, a couple of years ago, uh, actually, let me back up. In 2010, long after all of this happened, almost two decades later, she wrote somewhere that the thing that really bothered her about the backlash is that people kind of assumed she was an atheist. (laughs) Um, And she said, like, it's not that wasn't a Catholic. She is. She huh. said it's not an anti... It, she didn't say that in an anti-atheist way. She's just like, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Catholic. She said, I, I'm Catholic by birth and culture and would be the first at the church door if the Vatican offered sincere reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this weekend, there is a profile of Sinead O'Connor in the New York Times. She has a new memoir coming out. Mm. So they did this profile on her. And of course, that has to come up, that incident, because it was kind of a defining moment in her career. And arguably in the night, like it is a huge pop culture moment. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. Now, in hindsight, having mm-hmm. 30 years to almost <laughs> almost 30 years to look back on it, she says to anyone who says that killed her career. This is I'm quoting oh. from the piece. She says, O'Connor doesn't see it that way. Huh. In fact, the opposite feels true. Dot, dot, dot. I feel that having a number one record derailed my career, she writes in the memoir. And my tearing the photo put me back on the right track, where basically she's a rebel and not part of the mainstream. And that actually allowed that to happen. Um, She said of her protest against abuse in the Catholic Church, I'm not sorry I did it. It was brilliant. But it was very traumatizing. It was open season on treating me like a crazy bitch. Jesus. So, um, I mean, I, I appreciate that in hindsight. Yeah. It's like, nope, I don't take that one back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it. I thought it was right then. I think it's right now. Yeah. That's she's incredible. A, she's a badass. And also, she put out a song that I just discovered in 2014 called Take Me to Church. So, like, she talks about <laughs> It's a very good song. I would recommend it. Anyway, um, I think it's also worth noting that, like, she kind of looked more punk than usually what we would see on an <laughs> SNL. She had a shaved head. Like, she's yeah, a beautiful yeah. person. Shaved head, um, very quiet demeanor, which is, like, in the 90s, we saw a lot of bigger, you know, musical extravagandas. She didn't fit into any mainstream mm-hmm. definition of, like, pop culture, yeah. Her pop voice singer. is unreal. Did you know who wrote Nothing Compares to You? No. 
uh, uh, prince. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why it's the two and then the oh. U. The numeral that two makes sense. letter U. Um, there was stuff He's in the busy. article about her friendship with Prince at the oh, time yeah? and how they worked together. Um, the reason we brought her up a couple of years ago, because she was in the news a couple of years ago, was because at the time she had converted to Islam. And today she is still a Muslim. Really? Yeah. Uh, she goes by a different name, though she also answers to Sinead O'Connor. But... I had no idea. Yeah, and in the article, it was interesting. We ostensibly talked about that. (laughs) The pictures of her in that article Uh have her wearing a hijab over her shaved head, which is just a funny dichotomy there. Like, very punk, rebellious in one sense, very traditional in another. I'm actually curious. Somebody would know better than me, but, like, women who wear hijabs, don't they do it to cover their hair? In a sense, but it's also a cultural thing. It's also a profession of respect in the religion. Mm -hmm. Modesty, yeah. Yeah, um, and she seems to be happy. I mean, as much as you can glean from a profile. Right. But she just seemed to be just very comfortable with herself. She has, uh, she's living among other women and just... Happy with like older women surrounding her. Is she Golden Girl scene? It, it, that's it's what, the yes. dream. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. So good. I, I, I hope she's at peace. Like deserves it after yeah. years of mm-hmm. uh, whatever she had to go through. Yeah, people lost. Do you think um, if that happened today in 2021? That would be a good question. What would happen I today if someone did that? Because you could arguably do the same thing even with Pope Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same issue. And... I don't know, like, I think at the time it seemed like such a major, not controversy, but, um, uh, uh, like, you know, summon your nose at the man or whatever. Yeah. But now, like, people do, not, and it's, this is not to downplay her or saying if she did it today, she'd be any less, you know, uh, having the courage of her convictions. But do you think it would get the same, I, mean, I guess it kind of would, if it was on SNL. Yeah, I mean, The conservatives many... love shitting on SNL for any reason. Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to, I mean, if Elon Musk's, uh, Elon Musk is the host, and anything happens, it becomes a talking point right. for days to come. Right. And so for someone to do something like what Sinead O'Connor did and rip up Pope Francis's mm-hmm. picture, I think that would generate... I feel like I know exactly what the outrage would look like and from which circles sure. you'd have politicians saying something disrespectful and those people who whine about cancel culture saying she should be canceled and all that <laughs> hypocrisy. Like, I yeah. know how it would play out. Yeah. But like you said, I don't think it would be any less awesome. Like, oh, it would wow. Be as fuck. Uh, speak truth to power. Yeah, I, I think that the fact that she was for a very long time a practicing Catholic kind of adds a much cooler flavor to to what she did. I, I She's guess criticizing I, it from the inside. Exactly. I guess I also assumed, I just didn't think much about it, but like yeah. as an Irish woman, the 90s were right. a rough time. And like, yeah, the Catholic Church is monstrous in a lot of ways. Was the 90s when they found that pit of baby bodies? Sorry, um, trigger warning. I can't remember what year they discovered those. I think that came later, but there were like Magdalene laundries that people knew yeah, about and yeah. other traumatic things that the church was involved with in Ireland. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a surprise that there was criticism right. of the Catholic church, even in Ireland, yeah. even it, 30 years ago even or before, much before that. I, I feel like a lot of times when we criticize the Catholic church, generally we we focus on the... It's, it's very easy to say, well, they, you know keep pedophiles safe and just shuffle them around. But there's so much depth to the depravity of the Catholic church that sometimes we don't focus on because it's not what we're focusing on right now. But yeah, don't forget they found like fucking 800 
like infant bodies in a sewer system or something. The story there is they took in these women who had babies, but they were not married. So they took in the women, single women, with their babies. And they didn't take care of any of these people, and it was disastrous. And movies were made about it, oh, articles yeah. were written about it. Um, but this was covered up, like everything is covered up for the longest time. Um, I'd like to recommend the most recent episode of Bad People, which is BBC America um, a podcast. And they talked, literally, I listened to it today, and it's all about this place and <clears throat> beyond the fact that there was a 25% infant mortality rate um, there, the women were treated they were literally treated like slaves. They were given no solid food, only yeah. only liquid foods. Um, they, The mothers were expected to care for their babies, and then as soon as they found an adopted family, just took it away. Like, it is... the the It, it is fucked. I, I, I have no better way to say it. It's so sad. I'm totally switching gears for a different story, okay. but this one is also not, um, not unhappy, which oh. is weird for us. In, but I managed to make it unhappy at the end. Good job. Thank you. Uh, for a couple of years when I was younger, mm-hmm. I, I know you know this, I lived in Tennessee when I was like in middle school. And so at the time, if you listen to popular radio or like uh, the version of like the top 40 hits on the radio station, sure. what I was listening to at the time included a lot of music that I liked at the time. Um, but some of it was super Christian. And I oh, didn't yeah. I didn't know that or I didn't catch the illusions that they were making, even <laughs> if they weren't explicit. But it's like, oh, I like this. Oh, it's Christian rock. Whoops. And I didn't know that until much later. But one of the bands whose songs I remember hearing <laughs> at the time uh, was a band called DC Talk. And DC Talk? Yeah. I've l- never heard of them. L- uh, DC Talk, I don't ask me what it stands for, but they were formed at Liberty University in 1987. Oh, brother. Um, they were together for much of the next decade, uh-huh. and then some. Three members, again, I, I don't, I won't like pretend to know all of their music. rock band or like pop? Christian rock, whatever okay. you want to make of that. All but right. a couple of their songs became mainstream hits, and the band got I guess, well-deserved mainstream attention. Mm-hmm. And one of the three members of that band is a guy named Kevin Max Smith. And after he was done with DC Talk and they decided to go on hiatus, this is in the early 2000s, he decided to launch a solo career. Um, again, make of that what you will. Not mm-hmm. everyone's Beyonce, you know, <laughs> uh, when they go solo. But, like, successful enough that he's put out album after album. Sure. He's still known in that community. And he's still, as far as I can tell, put out, countless records he's still going at it that's awesome and then last week he posted an interesting tweet hello my name is kevin max and i am an ex-vangelical whoopsie doodle yeah hey Um, welcome to the team right he's basically saying i'm no longer i no longer consider myself an evangelical christian nice which not just that's what he grew up with that's what he was he but made like, his living. He made his living in the world of contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Uh, this type of insular community where like you're not just putting Jesus as many times as you can into a song, but you are part of that culture. You are expected to mm-hmm. do everything by the book. You know what I mean? And so he's saying, like, I don't believe that stuff huh. anymore. It, it's not that he was lying about it sure. in the past, just saying I'm no longer in that place. Now, I should say in a follow-up tweet. Because someone said, like, okay, well, what does that mean for you? Sure. Are you an atheist? He didn't say that word. Uh, he, did he, like, is he still a Christian? Well, he didn't say that either. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to try to foist a label on him. Yeah. What he said is, 
he follows a, quote, universal Christ, which he did not define, which could mean whatever you want it to mean in a sense. Like, there are people who say, I believe in the teachings of Jesus, but not the miracle sure, stuff. Like, sure, I like sure, the sure. idea of him. Yeah, like the Jefferson Bible shit. Yeah, we could like the idea of what Jesus represents, but mm-hmm. that's very different from I believe in miracles and God intervening in mm-hmm. our lives and all that. Um, someone else asked him, like, what do you believe in? And here's his response. I'm going to read this because it's just a, a nice anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro-love, pro-LGBTQIA, pro-BLM, Black Lives Matter, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia, anti-white nationalist agenda, pro-equality, pro-vax, pro-music, <laughs> anti-one-percenters, pro-poor, pro-misfit, pro-Jesus, etc., so no wonder the evangelical church doesn't want him. Yeah, that sounds good. That, I feel like he really buried the pro-Jesus down at the know, bottom of the list. Last on the list. Yeah, um, no, it sounds like a liberal atheist to me, bud. <laughs> there, uh, I haven't, I, I didn't ask him specifically. I am curious if this is a way to... Uh, oh, like, you've reached out to him? I, I haven't. Oh. I didn't try because I had enough based off of the tweets. I mm-hmm. thought what was interesting to me is... Someone like him, coming from his background, calling himself an ex-evangelical, mm-hmm. um, that was interesting enough. I don't need to be like, are you secretly an atheist and trying to cover that up? Of course. I don't care. But the Christian Post noted that he was on a podcast in December, six months ago, more than that. Um, and at the time, he alluded to some of this, but he didn't use any of the language. What kind of podcast was it? Um, the podcast was called Decent Christian Talk, which, okay. take that what you will, Christian podcast. But he basically, they asked him, like, where are you on your journey uh, with religion? And it was a vague answer where he didn't really give an answer, but he said things like, I like to call it deconstruction, reconstruction. Uh, I think where I'm at right now is I've really gone on a journey to find out what I truly believe by reading a lot, thinking a lot, keeping my eyes and ears open, hmm. which, again, is totally code for you are not one of them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But Eyes open is a pretty uh, pretty big reason that he's left the church, because he can see shit now. He also has a new band that is called Sad Astronauts. I don't know what the reference is, but he posted the lyrics of one of the songs because the album is coming out soon. So he posted one of the, the song lyrics, some of them. And let me just read you some of the lyrics. It's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. It's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. It's okay for you to lose the shame from all the church's abuse, and mm. it's okay for them to see you don't believe in man's inerrancy. Like, he is one of us. Hmm. I don't know. He didn't say the words, but... No, but a lot of people who... <laughs> I mean, this, I bet this is... Uh, I don't know. I, he could just, like, chill in that sort of liberal Christian bubble, which is yes. I have no problem with. Right. Like, I, I think... I always want to make it clear that, like... I don't think him becoming an atheist is necessarily better, but I think it's great that he is thinking for himself and and deciding what morality means to him instead of letting the church tell him. I think that's great. And notice that he's not saying, this is something I think is worth noting. He's not saying, I don't believe what the Bible says or anything like that. He's not taking that journey away from atheism. He's basically looking at the white evangelical church or at Mm -hmm. least the culture that he grew up in and saying, I cannot be a part of this. I see what they are supporting. I see what their politics are. I can't be a part of that. 
And if that means, like you said, if he's a progressive Christian and he still believes all this stuff, mm-hmm. like, I don't care, whatever, you do you. Right. Um, like, I think you're wrong, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's wrong about everything. Say, Join the club. Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> but, like, I'm glad that happened. Uh, by the way, he's not even the only recent Christian rock star mm-hmm. who has left. Uh, John Steingard, who was another Christian musician, uh, he walked away back in May. He announced on Instagram that he was no longer... Uh, religious as well he said he said more explicitly uh steingart i'm now finding that i no longer believe in god it's been like pulling on the threads of a sweater and one day discovering that there was no more sweater left Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and again uh, there have been others too but like in terms of people walking away from religion it's so interesting that these are not necessarily it's not like a televangelist who's walking joel osteen is not renouncing his faith But for someone in that community, known within that community, mm-hmm. and especially Christian music, mm-hmm. which is a hardcore Christian, if you are in that yes. thing, and the expectations are one thing, like that's a big deal in that fold. So good for him. I, yeah, I yeah. That's, that, that makes me continue. happy that he's going down his own little path. That's great. Yeah. Here is an interesting video I saw this week. I think we talked about the guy who made it. His name is Casey Cole. He's a very young Franciscan priest, the type of person who will wear priestly getup, but it looks like a robe more than anything else. Like, sort of conservative uh, Catholic type. But um, the reason we talked about him, I think, a couple of months ago is because he had made a video that went viral as far as, you know, a video from a Catholic type of priest could go, <laughs> where he basically said, listen, if we are pro-life, what the hell are we doing? Oh. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but he's like, yeah, we'll do anything to save a fetus, but we are not saying anything about the lives lost during the pandemic right. or the precautions for that. Like, wasn't exactly a mic drop, but I thought, yes, you're making a point. People like us have been making for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you're calling out the pro-life hypocrisy on your side because mm-hmm. he does believe abortion is evil and all the conservative things. But for him to say, like, we can't call ourselves pro-life. Uh, maybe we're something else, but we're not that if, yeah. if we're allowing this stuff to slide. So interesting. I was like, interesting video. I, of all the things we disagree about, <sighs> mm-hmm. I do appreciate when someone's willing to call out their own side on something like that. So he made a video last week. I think now he knows <laughs> he's getting some praise oh. from some atheists. Uh-oh. So he made a video last Uh-oh. week where he, uh, the thumbnail on YouTube is Dear Atheist. Uh-oh. I, yeah, that was my first reaction I to know it. I keep saying uh-oh, but I just have such a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I'm going to get down to, it was like a five-minute video, but here's, I'm Uh-oh. just going to quote, here's the crux of it. Okay. I want to know if you are good Uh-oh. at being an atheist. What? Not being good, like being good at being an atheist. Can you articulate why you don't believe in God in a coherent way, or do you just say religion is dumb and use logical fallacies? Have you really, have you explored the depths of your mind and heart, dot, 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 or do you just not want to go to church so this'll do? Have you read the critical, uh, hold that thought, have you read the critical atheist thinkers of history, people like Nietzsche, Sartre, uh, Sartre, yeah, we're all Heidegger. reading a lot of Nietzsche around here. Yeah. It's super fun, and we're all fucking depressed. Or do you just stick to people like Richard Dawkins, people who provide great sound bites for the cause, but do little to add anything to the world other than straw man arguments and divisiveness? Have you read for yourself the works of real theologians, people articulating our beliefs in the absolute best way we know how? Name, 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 name. Uh, one Anybody of the names. I'd recognize? Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, the oh. last guy. 
Or do you stick with the simplicity of evangelical pastors from some, uh, like, rural anti-intellectual church? But wait. Yeah. Shouldn't I be able to listen to anybody talking about their religion and its <laughs> true Christianity? Is this guy saying that, like, hillbillies who go to mega churches aren't real good Christians? Because that sucks. That's definitely the implication. That fucking blows, dude. Like, first of all, in addition to pointing out the problems, let's start backwards. Okay. Starting with those <laughs> low hanging, hanging fruit right. of the usual, this evangelical person who is embarrassing said something stupid and factually untrue mm-hmm. on something. Here's a woman on one of those shows saying like, yes, I've been to heaven. Let me tell you, they, they play basketball in heaven. God wins every game. There is a woman like that. You're fucking lying uh-uh. to me. Um, like it's no, one thing to wait. Be, yeah, what the she's fuck been are there. you talking about? Cat Kerr is the name. But the funny thing is, she does this on someone else's show, and the reaction from the show's host is always, "Oh, interesting." What else are you supposed to say? There's no follow up. There's no. Oh, do you take pictures? Like, where? Take how pictures. do you know this happened? Do we? <laughs> no, there's none of that. It's just, oh, oh, tell me more about how the clouds are made of jellos or there's a factory of body parts. Hemant. For the amputees who make it to right heaven now? because they need to be fixed. This goes on for a while. I could talk about cat curve forever. But oh, I get that that's low-hanging fruit. I get that the Westboro Baptist Church for many people is low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But there's no shortage of very well-known preachers, televangelists, mm-hmm. uh, people who get the attention of millions and millions of Christians, you you don't get the luxury of dismissing them just because they're not sophisticated like you think you are. Yeah, that is really fucking snobby and classist. That's <laughs> like, obviously, I think those people who don't believe in ed- evolution, and, like, obviously, I think that they were wrong about many, many things, but to imply that they're, like, not a real Christian because X... Like, sucks hard. I don't I know, know why I, I'm feeling defensive of these churches, but I am. I know I've written, like, more criticism of someone like uh, Robert Jeffress, who is mm-hmm. a Trump defender mm-hmm. and is still uh, on Fox News and, and pitches in with his commentary on conservative issues. He's easy to pick apart because he says so many dumb things all the time. Rick Warren, who we've talked about, right. does not say or do a lot of those things. He mm-hmm. usually stays out mm-hmm. of those issues. But it's not like he's any more correct on the religious side of things. Right. He's just like not providing easy hanging fruit for people who are looking for a quick re- reaction. Right. He's just like, you're, well, you're wrong about the Jesus stuff, but that's like in a bigger debate to have. Whereas Jeffress is saying, you know, Trump is awesome and right. this is good for the country. Like, no, and it's easy to refute that. But so there's reasons to not waste time going after the theological writings of the previous pope. Which, again, like, four people have read. You know what I mean? Like, if I go to a random church or I go to my neighbor's house, I promise you, they are not sitting in, and they happen to be religious. Mm -hmm. They're not sitting around saying, well, I'm religious because I read the writings of John Henry Newman. Yeah. Or name your theologian, insert theologian here. So I find it disingenuous to say, well, if you haven't read the real theologians, atheists. It's so disingenuous. It's disingenuous for so many reasons, not the least of which uh, is you don't, if you're an atheist, you don't owe anybody an explanation. (laughs) If somebody said, like, because we get this a lot, right? Atheists tend to get things like this a lot. Well, you wouldn't be an atheist if you read the Bible or you just blah, blah, blah. 
in the reality, notice he's not even saying read the Bible. He's saying yeah. read these guys' interpretation of, of the, the Bible. Bible. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just. It feels, you know what this feels like? It feels like one time I was wearing my husband's Lagwagon t-shirt, which is a, a punk band, and I had some dude be like, oh, you like Lagwagon? What's your favorite album? Like, <laughs> like I wasn't allowed to wear this shirt unless I was like personal friends with like Joey Cape or whatever. He's, I think, <laughs> the guy from Lagwagon. There was um, a Reddit called Gatekeeping, I think, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful, and it's exactly those situations. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not allowed to be a real fan right. unless you like this and Which this. Which is all stupid garbage bullshit. But, like, this specifically is so condescending toward his own religion. Let me back up a paragraph I'm really here. yucked out by this guy. Um, have you read the critical atheist thinkers of history? No, because I don't care what those people wrote. Who would... I don't Nietzsche? Need- I'm not going to read Nietzsche. And for all the people who might have been uh, inspired, I don't know if that's the right word, but because they read The God Delusion when it came out, because mm-hmm. it was as popular as it was, yeah, maybe that made some people atheists, mm-hmm. and maybe that got them learning about the issue or finding out about it. That may be true. Mm-hmm. I don't deny that at all. We've criticized Dawkins for plenty of things, yeah. so like to act like, do we just stick to Dawkins? He's not a friggin' saint. We can criticize him and say he's wrong about stuff, but guess what? I will fully admit, on the atheist stuff, he keeps it pretty superficial, Mm -hmm. just like basic arguments to help people understand the issues, Mm -hmm. but he's also not wrong about that. Yeah, and also he's, I think, a zoologist or an evolutionary biologist. Like, he's not a philosopher. He's a fucking scientist, and he's a science communicator. And the straw man argument is, do you believe in a God who grants miracles? Like, that's not a straw man. That is what people believe. It's not like Dawkins is saying there's one type of God everyone believes in. Mm -hmm. It's a man with a beard who sits on a cloud. That really is what some Christians stereotype atheists for saying we believe. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm criticizing the God that you think answers prayers or listens to your prayers yeah. or performs miracles or watches over you. Yeah. That's the one I'm criticizing. I don't care what he looks like. Right. I don't care where he lives in your mind. Like it's not some superficial, uh, simplistic version of religion. So to, to talk about like, how dare you listen to those straw man arguments? That's what you're making. Well, that's the thing. like, okay, I get it. I understand that. Listen, in the last 10 years, we all learned intellectual fallacies and we're <laughs> all really excited to tell everyone what we know. But like just saying, I don't believe in God because I don't believe in the supernatural or what, like, I don't believe there is a, a force that dictates what's going on in our lives. That's not a strong man argument. That's just a, that, I think they're mixing up a straw man with just a general thought. <laughs> right? And the like, first part of this, going to that point, like, can you articulate why you don't believe in God in a coherent way? Or do you just say religion is dumb and use logical fallacies? So is he saying if I don't believe in God, but I cannot properly explain it because either I haven't done reading or I'm not especially verbose, does that mean I'm... Just a Christian? No, I think what he's getting at there is like, well, if I asked you why you don't believe in God, forget the the language you're using. Is it because you hate religion or because there's something compelling you to be an atheist? And again, it's... Those are the same thing. If you're talking to an atheist, no one's saying, well, I wasn't happy at church, so now I'm an atheist. I'm sure people could give you long stories of why they don't believe Mm -hmm. in God, why they don't like organized religion, but... To suggest that so many people, enough that this guy feels the need to address it, right. say, I'm an atheist because, you know, I'm, I don't know, I guess. Like, that's just not, you haven't had conversations with them. That's what it means. Because 
I've talked to plenty. I've listened to plenty. <laughs> There's an entire genre of YouTube and podcasts of people explaining yep. why they're atheists. And this guy hasn't interacted with any of them. And Apparently. again, it's not that he needs to, but if he's going to pretend like, well, it sounds like a lot of you aren't very good at being atheists because you probably haven't thought about it like I have. Look at my robe. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, and do- oh, yeah, you're right. Doesn't he... Uh, I don't know. Like, wouldn't I would make the argument that being an atheist is probably the default position because we cannot, whether a God exists or not, we definitely cannot see it. So the fact that he's like, well, you can't be an atheist unless you've done all of your homework. Mm-hmm. And so what the default and the homework is, is whatever he says it is. Right. And so the default is exactly what you believe. <laughs> Cool, dude. Like, I know everybody thinks that their belief is the most logical one, and that's why they believe yeah. it. But, like, oh, this... Imagine going up to a Christian. I guess people... Shitty people do do that, of being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that because there are many shitty you people. You like science? Well, have you read the works of the finest flat earthers? I don't think... <laughs> have you read real astrologers <laughs> talk about it? That. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't need to listen to someone who can shine a shit when it comes to pseudoscience or whatever it is. Did he name check? He name check Dawkins? He mentioned Dawkins. And name, Nietzsche? Yeah. And, like, yeah. end of list? Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. There, there were a few others, but yeah, like, that was the idea of the thing. Yeah, and again, this and the only sucks. reason I even wanted to talk about it at all, because there's no shortage of Christians on YouTube, especially, where they're like, I have questions for you. And sometimes it might be rhetorical. I have personally made videos where I'm like, hey, Christians, I'm going to ask you some toss-up questions. Sure. For the only... I don't want your responses. I've gotten emails like, I have responses. Where should I send them? I'm like, oh. I write back and I'm like, I don't care. You should just This send, is for you to discuss. You, just, you should just descend a, send a dictionary definition of the word rhetorical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the fact is, this was not a rhetorical video. I think he wanted a response because he knows people are watching, which is why I feel compelled to respond to it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt and saying, okay, if you really want an answer to this... Right. Well, your premise is completely broken. Right. Uh, right. There were some. There were some good videos about it. If we're gonna yell about about like bad arguments, let's start with false dichotomy. Either you're an atheist or you're the thing. Uh, what is he? Catholic? Uh, Franciscan. That's Catholic, right? Yeah, sure. I think they make wine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, ay, 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 what a dick. Like, just Again, what a I, shitty thing to do. I just want to go back. Platform. The easiest way to flip this on someone is like, would you go up to a Catholic, a Christian, a Protestant, and say like, well, are you good? Well, have you read the workings of those same theologians mm-hmm. that you want me to waste my time right. reading? Like, I, if you go to any random church, you are not going to find Christians sitting there because they read the works of those theologians. Yes. So stop pretending like I'm a bad atheist for not having done it. Well, he is pretending that he's trying to turn the tables because many people, not everyone, many people who are atheists are so because... We saw the inner workings of the world and did our, you know, thought about it and whatever what, reason yeah. you left religion, right. whether you had a bad experience at church, whether right. you watched the child sex abuse stories right. and you're like, I can't be a part of this. Maybe right. there was some superficial reason that made you think I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's usually not the only reason someone ditches all of those beliefs. Right. I mean, like we said, like this, the, the rock star guy, the DC talk guy. Right now, he's at the place where he's like, I can't be a part of this culture, this mm-hmm. evangelical, white evangelical, conservative culture. Yeah. So I'm stepping away from that. Yeah. 
fine. He's on his journey, but he's he did not say I'm ditching my beliefs, and that's what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I'm disen I'm disenchanted with this, right? So I'll walk away. Well, he he's trying to turn the tables because he is. Most people who are atheists are so because they've thought the issue through and came to the conclusion that there's no God. Many, many, many Christians are Christians because they were raised Christian and that's always what they've done. So pr- to pretend that everybody sitting in a pew has done all this theological research and is sure about everything and knows every like every piece of the religion in and out is wrong. And we know that's wrong. You didn't reason your way into being religious. You were probably raised religious. I would like to know if he's read the Quran. And has he dismissed the people who interpret it and explain it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so... I mean, I know people accuse atheists of being cocky, and arguably we are. But, like, the the audacity of being, like, everybody's a Christian, you just haven't read the right books yet. <laughs> like, that is such a... Or at a, least a belief in God, unless you've read the following... Yeah. By the way, atheists know more about religions. Atheists and Jews know more about other people's religions uh, on those tests like the Pew Research Center Mm -hmm. does. Uh, Okay, I'm jumping ahead to one more. This one should be a quick story. Uh, A few years ago, 2017, this is right after the Charlottesville rally, Mm -hmm. um, there was the MTV Video Music Awards right after that, like two weeks later or something. And one of the highlights that went viral had nothing to do with music as is the case with everything MTV. But uh, one of the people who appeared on stage was a guy named Reverend Rob Lee IV. And he got on stage at the MTV Rob video. Lee as in Robert E. Lee? Getting to that, yep. He gets there and he basically says, I'm going to quote from what he said on stage. My name is Robert Lee IV. I am a descendant of Robert E. Lee, uh, the Confederate general. We have made my ancestor an idol of white supremacy, racism, and hate. As a pastor, it is my moral duty to speak out against race, against racism, America's original sin. Today, I call on all of us with privilege and power to answer God's call to confront racism and white supremacy head on. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a powerful speech. Um, I saw this guy, Rob, like appear on many, I mean, talk shows and uh-huh. stuff, basically saying like, uh, if the thinking is this guy isn't just a descendant of Robert E. Lee, he shares the name. Yeah, that's... And yet he's saying, oh, you want to tear down Robert E. Lee's statue? See you never, statue. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. He did. He uh, literally called for taking down statues of his ancestors. Good for him. So why is he in the... Oh, by the way, I should say, at, not long after he gave that speech at the MTV Video Music Awards, uh, he had to resign from the church where he was a pastor, Bethany United Church of Christ, Due Does to he fallout. still live in the South? Um, I believe he still lives in the South, but basically he had to resign because there was so much yeah. backlash against the sort of stuff he said. Um, I should say, uh, at when that statue, of one in particular of Robert E. Lee, was removed, this is last summer, 2020, mm-hmm. in Virginia, Governor Ralph Northam um, introduced Rob Lee at a press conference saying, you know, we've been talking about his great-great-grandfather, and here's why this is in the news this week. The Washington Post's uh, Glenn Kessler basically said, we looked into it. We cannot find evidence that this guy is a direct descendant <gasps> of Robert E. Lee. Twist! Yeah. What? Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Rob Lee may have firmly believed he was somehow related to Robert E. Lee based on stories he heard at home about Uncle Bob. Instead, he appears to be a descendant of Robert S. Lee, 
also known as Uncle Bob, who served in the Confederate forces, but was not a general, and more importantly, like, is not Robert E. Lee, the guy everyone knows. He may have been a descendant of a dude named Robert Lee, which is a common name, (laughs) who was also a Confederate soldier. So it's, I mean, I'm not saying this guy's a liar, but family lore has its way of like, you really do believe some of this stuff sometimes. So he probably grew up thinking, oh, that was my ancestor. And he's gone on to a life where he legitimately fights it fights the good fight on the for the good causes but along the way i mean let the benefit of the doubt here the best case scenario is he genuinely thought he was a descendant of Mm -hmm. robert e lee did not realize that's just not true shit the best case the worst case scenario for him is some at some point down the line he figured out he was not the descendant and yet Uh... allowed the myth to continue because he Usually, if you look at his speeches, he doesn't say, I'm the great-great-grandson. He says, I'm a descendant, or I'm related, or something like that. But according to this, like, "Mm, we don't even know if he's related. (laughs) It's just the name. Interesting. One thing in the Washington Post article, without new evidence that confirms his claim, the pastor should not state he is related to Robert E. Lee, especially in legal filings, because in, in a legal filing oh, that was made to uh, file a lawsuit, they, they list the plaintiffs and why they are connected to the lawsuit. And it says he is like a descendant of Robert E. Lee. Like, if you're putting that, sure. it's not just sense. you letting people think it. Sure. You're literally saying something that is a lie. And the Washington Post said news organizations should not echo that claim. Interesting. Um, I should say the day this article came out, which is last Friday, uh, the 14th, Rob Lee posted a tweet. Here's what he said in its entirety, which this is the part where I'm like, it would have been easy for this guy to say, this is news. It'll take a bit to digest. I really did believe yeah. this is the case, but I, if I can't find the evidence, okay, that's not what he said. Oh. Here's what he said. There was an article in the Washington Post about me, about me being not related to Robert Ely. I have chosen not to engage because I'm currently on a regiment of medication that has made it difficult to keep my head up. There are also family dynamics that make this difficult. Okay. Why the Post is so focused on my heritage and lineage while not focusing on the issues of the statue at hand is beyond me. As they mixed up even the most basic facts, I have removed my name from the lawsuit as not to detract from the community uh, of Statesville that I love. Which is a weird way of not addressing, like, why is the Washington Post care about my lineage? Well, because you kind of made it your thing. That's why. Um, And again, if you want to argue the mainstream media isn't covering racism as they should, like, fine, no argument there. Right, right, right. But like, dude, (sighs) this is, if I found out, like, Jerry Falwell Jr. was not connected to Jerry Falwell, even though that's not necessarily the story about the guy, I think that would be relevant. Yeah, it's relevant. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I really want to believe that he sincerely thought that. I mean, God, I I heard one quote from him, and I'm like ready to defend him. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I genuinely don't really care either way. But like, I think that this sort of stage of science that we're in, where we can actually test people's like genetic lines, is really going to blow some shit up for some families because I think. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like most families have the lore of, oh, well, this I was is a distant relative of distant relative of this, or oh, your great grandfather came over, like was a stowaway on a boat right, from right. Ireland to to New York or whatever, and like, 
I guess to me, it do, it is obviously relevant, right? Like if you're going around saying that you're a descendant of Robert E. Lee, it gives your voice more weight than it would otherwise have, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. You used his name as a platform but for you. But for also good? But also mark? for good. Yeah, and again, I think it would be relatively easy for him at this point yeah. to just say, look, I genuinely believe this. Yeah. If it's not true, then so be it. Um, I still will continue to fight for this cause because right. I believe in it. And you know what? When you are a pastor mm-hmm. who says this stuff, that carries some weight. Right. When you say you came from a Southern family, maybe a conservative family, right. a, confe- a family with Confederate soldiers, mm-hmm. that is not in question. This guy was related to a Confederate soldier, right. just not a general and not the general. Mm-hmm. You still can speak out. That still matters. Mm -hmm. Just acknowledge it. And by the way, if the Washington Post can do that digging, he can do the digging too. He can figure this out. I probably would have. I I'm just hesitant to to act like this. And maybe it is a huge conspiracy, and he's like laid this foundation his whole life. So he can be anti-Confederate, I guess. Like that seems like kind of a stretch to me, but what do I know? I don't know. Like this. I don't know, this is kind of no skit off my nose. He's saying good. If he was like, I am the great-great-grandson of Robert E. Lee, and that's why I should be king of the new confederacy, <laughs> then we'll have a conversation about why lineage is important. <laughs> if he's using his platform, I don't know. I just can't. It's one of those things I cannot get my hackles off about. I felt the same way with, like, Elizabeth Warren when they found out she oh, wasn't. Yeah. Because, like... If my parents told me we were part native, like I, my whole You would life, believe it and not course. question it. I am half Sicilian. I do not look it. I look aggressively Irish, even though I'm like 12% Irish. If, if I found out that my family isn't really Sicilian, you know, me and my blonde aunts aren't <laughs> actually from Sicily, it would suck. But like, yeah, that's just the story we've always told. Right. Is, and so, I, it's not a knock on him. Right. I just like... I just don't think it's as insidious as people are seem to be wanting to paint it, is, is my thought. I don't, I don't think the Washington Post article was insidious. No? I get why he took it as insidious, which it, it again, it like wasn't. It would feel like an attack. Yeah. Um, but again, all you got to do is say, I genuinely believe this. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Let me fix it. Without he didn't do that admitting yet. that he's wrong, and that's not a thing many people like to do. Right. Let's give a shout out really quick to the people sponsoring our show. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew, an online service that sells products designed to help you combat erectile dysfunction using the same active ingredients found in Viagra and Cialis. Best of all, you could do everything privately, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line anywhere. It even ships right to you in a discreet package. All you need to do is go to Blue Chew. Speak with one of their licensed medical providers, and after you're approved, they will send the prescription. You can check out their website for more information, and if you use the promo code FRIENDLYATHEIST, one word, at checkout, you could try it for your first month free after paying for shipping. They are supporting our show. We support, uh, we appreciate that from them. So that is BlueChew.com. Use the promo code FRIENDLYATHEIST. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks. Let me me jump to this story because this is another one where you don't need to get your hackles raised, but I do want to know what you think about it. Okay. Not the biggest story in the world, but interesting. There is a furniture store in South Carolina that made the local news there for the weirdest reason and... Um, and because I, I just watch all local news. Sometimes I feel like we play Mad Libs in this game and this podcast, like a local (laughs) blank from blank did this weird thing. Yeah. 
there's a furniture store. They make custom-made furniture. Um, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> and in the drawers, like in the drawers and the other cabinets that they make, before oh, they sell it, they yeah. put a tiny little cross in every piece they sell. And here's what the owner said. I didn't tell anybody for a long time. It was just kind of my little secret. But what I say is that every home needs a blessing of some kind. So it's my way of doing it. Um, Honestly? So, is that an issue? No. Honestly, that bothers me not at all. Okay. I... Would you feel differently if she wasn't Christian and this wasn't a cross? I would feel probably better in... It reminds me of, like, like Celtic symbols that you leave places that just, like, have a symbol. It's unobtrusive. I don't know. This I will s- grant you it's unobtrusive. Uh-huh. There's no lawsuit that's going to be filed over this. There shouldn't be. It's yeah. fine. Like private company, they're allowed to do whatever they want. I mean, fucking And by it- the way, even in that local news report, like they spoke to one or two customers who were like, "Oh, what an adorable little find when we bought the furniture." Like, fine. We're, like if I bought that and I found it, I would probably leave it or paint over it or yeah. it would become a really fun conversation piece for when I can have people over again. Here's my question. Okay. If a Muslim business owner, a satanic business owner, a non-Christian, an atheist business owner put any symbol of their beliefs in anything they were selling because they felt, you need this help. And I Mm want to do something nice for, not as a dick move, but just like, I think this will be good for you. But you're saying those words, you're saying nice (laughs) words, but in a mean way, Hammond. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, I have. But like, like you're being passive, but you sound aggressive. I think I had more of, I had less of a problem with what she's doing than the tone of the local news piece, which was, look, this is cute and quirky. Eh. This family does. And I'm like, it's not cute. Um, and you would know that local news <sighs> if this were any non-Christian person doing the same thing. Again, I'm not upset. I'm not bothered by it. Like, I'm sure they're fine people. Like, I'm not complaining about yeah. it. Just like, what would the reaction be if this was a non-Christian oh, you're right. at all? It's 12,000% Christian privilege and play. Absolutely. And, and I, would, I would go so far as to say, like, if I wanted to include, like, you know, a symbol of my Italian heritage, if that's in fact real, mom, um, like, it would be fine. But the thing is, but if the it Italian was a, heritage thing isn't saying you're wrong about your heritage. A Christian symbol is like, oh, you don't believe this? Like, you need help. The thing is, the, can you read the phrase, every home needs a blessing? Is that what it is? Um, she said, what I say is every home needs a blessing of some kind. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe there's not. But every home needs a blessing, so it's my way of doing it. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I'm sorry. Like I know. How dare I, you ruin no, this show? I know. I know. A hundred percent. If it was a Muslim uh, uh, shop owner, if it was a satanic shop o- owner, you're twelve thousand percent right, and I'm a hundred percent wrong. That people would be <laughs> really, really angry about it and up in arms, and it would be a whole fucking thing that we had to talk about every week for the rest of our lives. But like, speaking of which, I have Ark Encounter numbers. For you time. motherfucker. Um, I do. I'm yeah. skipping that story. I'm just telling. Oh, you're skipping it? Oh, thank you. It's so boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And I understand why I am wrong. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> but like, all things, ca- it's not like it's a big fucking crucifix with Jesus on it. Like, it's a little innocuous cross. I don't When I read the article, that was my question. What's the size of these things that she's putting I in? I had to watch the video. What's a couple inches? Yeah, it's very small. Like, And I, it's like in the bottom of drawers, right? Yeah. It's, it's hidden. Yeah. 
You won't know it until you open up the furniture. The thing's probably if well, everything I own was made by like fucking Best Buy or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I have to think if people are making their personalized, if people are making stuff by hand, most of them have some sort of brand or or marker that they leave on their yeah, work. carve your trademark inside. Yeah, that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> all things can... Listen, if if this is what Christians did, if they low-key tried <laughs> to bless my home more frequently, yeah. I would be really if chill with Christians. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think maybe just because I read, or I listened to a podcast today about, like, hundreds and hundreds of baby bodies getting dismissed, this one is not really hitting hard. That is Okay. <laughs> Um, here's an interesting story from Religion News Service. Uh, okay, years ago, there was this guy named James Lindsay who wrote a couple books about atheism. Pretty, um, I'm not knocking him when I say this. There were standard fare, like, here's why God doesn't exist. Um, okay. I couldn't tell you how many copies they sold, but it was like, yeah, okay. I, I've, at the time, there were a lot of atheist books coming out. Sure. These were some of them. Could you say the name again? Yeah, James Lindsay. James Lindsay. It was pretty uncontroversial. He posted some art. He wrote some articles for some uh, magazines and stuff about atheism where it's like, yeah, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Um, No big issue. At some point along the way, a few years ago, uh, this is an entire many, many podcast thing to discuss. But at some point along the way, he became one of those. Uh, I was a contrarian about religion, and it worked for me, so I'm going to be a contrarian about anything, so let me move on to feminism and racism. Uh, and let me tell you why Black Lives Matter is woke, and feminism is and a cancer. And woke is broke? Yeah. And can- feminism is a cancer? I, I'm, I'm saying that, oh, okay. not him, but basically he's one of these guys whose every sentence includes the words like woke mm-hmm. and cancel culture, and he's one of those dudes. Okay, so anyway. Um, so few, I'm lining him up with a uh, what's his face who is on every podcast, the Spotify guy. What's his Joe Rogan? Name? Joe Ro- I'm lining yes. him up with that sort of attitude. You know that New York Times coined that term uh, "intellectual dark web," which is like we're the. I have so- never heard that. Oh, you lucky it woman! It sounds like white guy shit. Yes, ah. that <laughs> is pretty much what it is. It's basically the people who are like we're. We're basing our beliefs in rationality and reason and maybe science. And what do they do? They're like anti-race. Uh, they're anti-anti-racism. They're anti- pro-woke. <sighs> they're all of those things that Joe Rogan sure. does. So it's uh, you name that little club of people who appear on each other's shows mm-hmm. every time and promote each other. So when Dawkins wrote his anti-trans tweet. Like, that whole group as one. Finally. Like, they were like, I don't know why you're all upset. He just spoke facts. He is a man who speaks in science terms. Like, it's those people. Anyway, James Lindsay is one of those people. A couple years ago, he published an article in a magazine where uh, he basically said, we exposed academic journals, especially like gender studies journals, because we made up articles and submitted them and they just accepted them. And that shows you how bullshit gender studies is. Except if you actually look at the papers they submitted and the actual process they went through, like that's not what y'all did. Can you explain to me more what happened? No, because it'll take several hours. The short version of it is their claim that they submitted all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And look, these academic journals, peer-reviewed journals, just accepted it because our bullshit was as legitimate to them 
has actual studies about gender mm-hmm. that do get published. Like, what does that tell you about this entire broken field? I mean, if that's real, that's if not it's great. Real. If it's real. Yeah. It wasn't. And oh. the people who looked at the it things... It wasn't... Full stop. It wasn't... They were exagger- They exaggerated okay. what they did. They left out key details about the process. Some journals said, we're not accepting this stuff. Like, yeah. there have been no shortage of dissections of their paper. Okay. And, like, it exposed nothing of significance. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. again, if this were legitimate, like, people in that field would be like, we need to fix up our standards here. But they didn't. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is that guy. And now he's one of those guys who's like, I'm a classical liberal. He's on the advisory board of that Republican conservative atheist group where they can't find members elsewhere. So they go to CPAC. Does to classical liberal mean something different? It also means white guy, uh, rational reason slash oh. I hate feminists. Okay. That sort of thing. I've never yes. heard that expression before. If you hear the word woke, it is synonymous with classical. They're going to hear some of this and then they'll pick it apart. Here's what I can tell you about these people. Okay. If I say anything about any of them, (laughs) Twitter becomes unusable for 24 hours Mm. because the mentions are just people defending these guys. Like, you attack Richard Dawkins about trans people? Oh, look at you with pronouns in your bio. Like, those, that's what my Twitter (sighs) feed is for the next day. Um, Now, Here's why I bring up Maybe this guy. Maybe it's a good reason to stay off Twitter for a day, you know? I know. Um, <laughs> so Bob Smetana of the Religion of Religion News Service, he wrote an article this week that was interesting because uh, his basic thing is, okay, there's James Lindsay, this guy who is part of that community, does all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is he getting promoted, like raved about, mm-hmm. by Southern Baptist conservatives? Oh. <clears throat> because that seems weird. White dudes make strange bedfellows, though. Yeah, and Bob was like, why is it that Southern Baptists are into this guy who who shares no religious overlap with them? Except for they're both anti-women. <laughs> Pretty much. It's yeah. like, oh, Southern Baptists. I think this is kind of where we get down to. In This from the article. In Southern Baptist circles, James Lindsay has become a key critic of, a, of Resolution 9, which is a statement about critical race theory and intersectionality. In 2019, the Southern Baptist Convention said, there were these people who said, let's acknowledge that racial injustice like kind of plays a role in where we are at today. And we need to in- take into account those that past when we talk about how we live out our faith. Mm-hmm. That's not to say there's anything wrong with the Bible. That's not to say right. we have a problem with it. But let's acknowledge that intersectionality is important, that talking about our racial past is important. Sure. And the Southern Baptist Convention, very conservative, they said, yes, we agree to that resolution. It's mostly symbolic in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to change? Not really anything, but they passed it. So this is back to the article. In Southern Baptist circles, Lindsay has become a key critic a resolution nine, a statement about critical race theory and intersectionality. That resolution refers to those two theories as analytical tools that can aid in evaluating a variety of human experiences. So basically, he's mad about that. Yeah. Like, how dare you elevate critical race theory and feminism? And the Southern Baptist conservatives are like, well, there's a lot of black preachers in the SBC who have very publicly in the past year said, I can't be a Southern Baptist anymore. Mm. You all are way too racist. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Sure. And like, these are prominent pastors within their fold. Mm-hmm. They're losing them. Right. And they're like, we need, like, who can we point to to say, this isn't just like 
it's not that our faith is oh, uh, sure. racist. It's not that our faith is this. Like, there are academic, scientific reasons. There's an atheist who's a dick just like us. And that's pretty much their argument. <laughs> and this guy is welcoming it. And wait, it gets worse. Because James Lindsay has a website that he works for. Um, called His whole thing is, like, called New Discourses. And guess who's, like, the money guy behind that? It's a guy named Michael O'Fallon, who run, who's a Christian nationalist who runs another website called Sovereign Nations. Sorry, did you say Christian nationalist? Yeah, basically Uh-oh. a guy who wants a theocracy but not using that word. Right. Like, let's just use the Bible as our ground for legislation. Yeah. Um, we can and all, basically, almost kill our sons every day. It'll be great. <laughs> here's a uh, white uh, Christian nationalist who's saying, yeah, I'll promote this guy because he's good for my side. Uh... And shouldn't that So when I said you? white guys make bad bedfellows, strange bedfellows, yeah. I was right. It's just a bunch of white guys jerking each other <laughs> off emotionally Christian and intellectually. O'Fallon, that Christian nationalist, is the same sort of guy who literally, I mean, he spreads George Soros conspiracy theories around. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think if your whole brand is, I'm a critical thinker and feminism is wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm a critical thinker, like, maybe stay away from the guy spreading conspiracy theories. And yeah. no, no, it's like, oh, they're funding me? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, that doesn't speak well to literally anything about either of these people. The part that made me laugh slash cry is when Spatana said, like, if the Southern Baptist Convention was looking, and by the way, um, James Lindsay doesn't have any academic background in these subjects. I think he has a PhD in mathematics. Oh. Um, but it's not in the subjects he's criticizing, which... By the way, it's fine. You don't need an advanced degree to do anything. You have a degree in mathematics. No, do you? What do I know? <laughs> yeah. Um, was but that like, what your major was? Math? Yeah. Nerd. Uh-huh. And bio. Psh, double <laughs> nerd. Um, but yeah, like they could have found academics who specialize in this stuff within the Southern Baptist tradition. Mm-hmm. But guess what? A lot of those people are the same black preachers who have now walked away. Mm-hmm. And the Southern Baptists don't want to talk to them. And mm-hmm. they don't want to listen to them. And uh, Smetana said he reached out to Lindsay for the article initially i guess he said yeah sure i'll talk to you about it Mm -hmm. and then radio silence and you know how it works it's like i don't want to talk to you but when your article comes out i'm totally gonna bash you yeah and so he's been on a not like man it's been a several days of just nonstop. lol this article this makes me look awesome despite being an attempted smear and partial attempted doxing doxing did they release his Social security? No. They they said, like, publicly, he also has a side gig where he does some other stuff. It's public. Like, you That's could not find what that doxing online. is, bud. It's not what doxing is. Um, God, they want to be oppressed so yes. fucking badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've spent the past day with his minions responding on Twitter. God. It's like, oh, I know the type of people you are. Mm. Oh, I guess I'll mute Like, everybody. I do want to be verified on Twitter, but also I feel like the second I am, that's it for my, like, Twitter presence because it's just going to be weirdos be replying. Now. They just opened it up. Wait, what does that mean? They you opened go, it up. You, you can open up Twitter verification. There's a code to fill out or shit. How do they verify if I'm I me? I don't know. I'll talk to you. How later. do they verify if anybody cares if I'm me? Nobody's <laughs> pretending to be Jessica on Twitter. <gasps> what if somebody was? That would be a fun... Like, I'll get on that. Okay. <laughs> this is, don't dox me, Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> this is a short uh, story, but this is important. The White House this week mm-hmm. met, met with leaders of a number of atheist groups. What? Yeah. The White House office of... Did you go? 
No. I didn't go. Um, so I'll give you some background on this that I, I didn't post about this. But like in 2010, Obama's in office. Whoops. Uh, in 2010, Obama's in office. And they literally said, we want to, they have a White House office of faith-based and neighborhood partnerships. Mm-hmm. The idea there is, look, I don't want that office at all. Right. But if the idea is, look, people are motivated by their faith or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And it's important since that's the the vessel through which people are motivated Mm -hmm. and they act and they do charity work and they live their lives. Right. We should have a way to communicate with them through that way. Because look, not everyone watches cable news or whatever. Of course. So the white house office of faith based, the George Bush started it. It very much can be criticized. W. Bush or H.W.? W. Bush. Okay. Um, It's like, oh, it's just like a Christian office in the White House. Yeah, that's not great. The person running it right now is Melissa Rogers, who also ran it under Obama for a number of years. Hmm. She's awesome. Yeah. Like, she's very much in support of church-state separation. Her whole thing is like, well, let's make sure we, as a White House, as part of Team Biden right now, let's make sure, like, Southern Baptists have a way to speak to us about their concerns. Doesn't mean we're going to push for their faith-based legislation. Mm-hmm. But it's there are some things the government can help with. Yeah. Let's have a line of communication open. That is my interpretation yeah, the, of how this goes down. If they were doing something illegal, we would talk about that. Sure. They're not right now. Yeah, national national leadership reaching out to smaller, you know, more local leaders is a, I would argue, pretty good the way White, to run a country. <laughs> the White House has routinely done it with leaders of, uh, you know, Muslim groups when mm-hmm. there is oppression. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden signed into law like the anti- uh, to fighting a- Asian discrimination. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting with the groups that really focus on those issues, making mm-hmm. sure, does this legislation cover the stuff that your community is concerned about? Mm-hmm. You know, those are important conversations to have. So I know there are a lot of atheists who are like, just abolish the Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Yeah. I'm of the opinion, like, the office isn't yeah. a problem. And it depends what they're doing with it. Yeah. And in this case, I haven't seen this administration do anything wrong with it. And I will say, uh, one of their, off- like, the deputy in that office is Josh Dixon. He was actually the liaison for the uh, group that was uh, humanist for Biden over the summer. Interesting. Where they basically said, look, we're not looking for like an endorsement per se. Sure. But if humanists as a group want to endorse Biden, mm-hmm. we're happy to work with you to make sure the language is right, to make sure it's going to help both of our causes. And we sure. welcome the support. They didn't say like run away from us. So anyway, I bring that up because 10 years ago, uh, 2010, the White House said, we want to meet with the leaders of these atheist groups. They asked the Secular Coalition for America, which is a coalition of uh, now like a dozen or so groups. At the time, it was a little smaller. But they said, bring the leaders of all your different groups to the White House, and we'll give you a chance to speak to us about the things that concern you. And at the time, there were only, like we went in, we talked about it beforehand, there were a list of a few things we wanted to tell them. Like, these are things that matter to us that... Mm -hmm. Uh, accept church-state separation, but these are things such as legislation that allows people of faith to as an exemption. So when you are hurting your kids, abusing them, but you can get away with it because you say it's part of my religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like we had victims of that speak to the White House administrative staff and say, we need to pass legislation to make sure those exemptions are not in the books. Like those are things even religious people should get behind. Sure. So I was there. It was a neat opportunity. Didn't get to meet Obama, Ugh. but I got to meet the staff. I got to go there. It was a neat experience. You that mean was it'd be cool? 
What is that? Did you meet anybody cool? Um, Did you meet any of the Pod Save America guys? They were probably around. They were probably around. I wouldn't have known who they were at the time. It's like handsome 28-year-old dudes. I think, <laughs> I think they did it again in 2013 where the office met with people, mm-hmm. uh, representatives, and this week they did it again. Nice. They met with representatives over Zoom um, to talk about various issues. And again, the, according to the uh, one of the groups that posted about a secular coalition for America, what they said is one of the things we proposed was the support of judicial nominees with strong stances on religious equality, mm. um, church-state separation, for example, as well as those who are non-religious. Like, there's a Can stigma. You Can you imagine if any judge... Happen right. to be open about their atheism. Is and now that... right in your crotch right now? Mm, close enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that would be great if we could not use religion as a barometer for morality. Yeah, American Atheists had a representative there. They said, you know, we asked them, we don't want any, uh, we don't want anyone turned away from a taxpayer-funded shelter, an adoption or foster agency, mm-hmm. or denied access to basic service due to religiously motivated discrimination. There's a Supreme Court case we're about to find out the response from there about whether a a taxpayer-funded, like, Catholic foster agency Mm -hmm. is allowed to say, we don't work with gay couples. That goes against what we do. What do you think they're going to say? Oh, they're totally going to say, well, it's their faith, so let them get away with it. It's going to be bad. But they're basically saying, you can pass legislation. Please push for this. It's a good meeting to have. Sure. I appreciate that they did it. It doesn't get much press other than the headline of the White House met with atheists. Sure. Like uh, Bill Donahue of the Catholic League oh, is he's very, furious, I bet. very mad at the militant atheist that Biden is in cahoots with. They are militant. Which is funny because like when you see what they are actually pushing for, they did not say we need the Biden administration to punish faith. Right. Um, they were like, can you make sure discrimination doesn't happen? And like, why don't you get judges who respect the law? Those are good things. Yeah. Like those are not controversial things to ask yeah, for. Do you think human rights are more important than, you know, religious <laughs> bullshit? I yeah. Know. So anyway, uh, I appreciate that the meeting happened. I wish it happened more often. Again, I think you could make a legitimate argument that it's purely symbolic and they're just doing it to like keep us in line so we don't <laughs> lash out. But it's it's not it's not nothing. We have direct access through these various groups. One of the things that I found funny is there was a Republican group that happens to be atheists that were like, why weren't we invited? One, because you don't do anything except troll people on Facebook. You Two, mean that's not useful? <laughs> you're not a due-paying member of the Secular Coalition for America, and they actually reached out to the organ- the coalition, umbrella group of all these atheist organizations, including ex-Muslims, including secular Jews. Like, they have a broad coalition there. Um, and, like, you don't do anything. Yeah. That's why you're not invited. Just because you exist doesn't mean anyone owes you shit. Yeah. Yep. That's well put. <laughs> All right, I got one last a story for you here. I have two that you what? haven't even let me get in edgewise. Oh, fine. Uh, do one okay. of those, because I don't know. Okay, well, this one's a strong bummer. So is this the right energy you want to yes, bring into this? that is the energy I want. Okay, uh, so Tennessee is a state I've been to twice. Um, they have a governor. His name is Bill Lee. He is a Republican. Also, I dislike him greatly because he just signed an anti-trans law, in an anti-trans bill into law that sucks. It does, I mean, obviously all anti-trans bills do nothing but punish people for living their own lives the way they want to live their own lives. This blows and is so distressing. Um, So apparently businesses in Tennessee, so we're talking Nashville, which is a huge city, and I don't know when's the next time I'm going to Tennessee because of this bill. 
Um, they require businesses and public buildings to warn customers that they serve transgender people. And I want to be clear, this has nothing to do with anything aside from we want to make sure we make trans people uncomfortable wherever they go. We want to make you feel shitty about yourselves because we're Christians and that's what Jesus would have done. So they, any building, oh my God, I'm so fucking mad about this. They have to post a literal sign and the sign says this. This facility has a policy of allowing the use of restrooms by either biological sex, regardless of the designation on the restroom. So trans people can use our bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and the reason we're passing a law... They passed a law to put that on the restaurant's, like, window or the store's window. I don't know a ton about state politics, but I think Tennessee has some other shit maybe they could (laughs) look into besides... If you're a clever business, you could put up whatever sign you need to put up and then under it and say, like, yeah, we welcome everyone. We're damn proud of it, too. (laughs) And make sure that the stores that don't have it up are shamed completely. Publicly shame every store that doesn't put up a sign like this at that point. I would kind of rather this... I wish this bill kind of turned the tables and said, okay, any business that does not allow trans people and put a sign up in yeah. their window so I know where not to shop. Right. Because I'm a busy lady. I don't have time to research Some, everything. Sometimes those bills backfire. There was a, I forgot which state, but they made every school put up in God We Trust in everywhere. Oh, and they, yeah. there were um, some districts that said, well, one okay. One of the Dakotas, we're, maybe? Eh, yeah, that sounds about right. And there was like a student somewhere where they said, we want students to design the signs we're going to put up around the school. And one clever student said, well, if yes. the law says we have to say in God we trust, fine. Didn't say the font size. Didn't they put a picture of the dollar? Uh, they went, that, was, that was in Kentucky, I believe. A dollar yeah. bill because it they says in God we bill. trust. I'm sorry, uh, another ahead. student had in God we trust, but in God there was like one had a spinny wheel where you could put different gods in the mix. Funny. Another one had yeah. a, in God we trust, but vertically from the word God, it had different gods listed above and below. <laughs> Saying, like, it can be any of these. Love Because, again, when you don't specify, people can have fun with it. And, again, I hope if the intention is to shame businesses that allow trans people to use their businesses, please use it and find a way to shame companies that don't have these signs up. Yeah. I'm glad I went to Nashville, like, two years ago or whatever, because I am not going to Tennessee in the foreseeable future, because fuck this guy. Um, I want to read a quote from um, Alfonso David, who is the human rights campaign president. Uh, He said, Governor Lee's decision will cause real harm to transgender Tennesseans. Denying transgender people the ability to access a bathroom consistent with their gender identity is degrading and dehumanizing. We can have real health and safety consequences. Governor Lee and Tennessee lawmakers are determined to discriminate against the transgender community and roll back the clock on equality instead of focusing on real problems facing Tennesseans. To be clear, Tennessee will... Excuse me. Tennessee residents will suffer economic, legal, and reputational consequences of these bills, and we will hold those who are indoctrinating hate into our laws accountable. I mean, we saw this happened in Georgia. We're gonna continue to see it, and it. And I've heard arguments against. I've heard even Stacey Abrams, and I trust her on everything, but she's like, you can't pull shit out of Georgia because the people who are gonna really suffer are not. The governor of Georgia, it's going to be the people who needed to work that whatever, the all-star game or whatever they're supposed to have. And I get it. And she's right. But also, like, I 
What other leverage does anyone have? That, that's exactly right, is that the people in charge make horrible decisions and the people who just need money to put food on their table are left holding the bag. And that is why random guy who emailed me, capitalism is bullshit. Um, anyway, so there's that one. It's just, It's just a real fucking bummer. And to hear... You know, I don't want to speak out on behalf of the trans community, but I've listened to enough interviews and read enough interviews of, yeah, when I am out in public, I have to make sure I pee before I leave the house because there is no guarantee that I will be able to go find a bathroom that I feel comfortable using. These are adults who feel like they can't use public bathrooms because people are nightmare humans. Like, it's it fucking sucks. It's infuriating. Um, I have another story. Go for it. I have to find it, though. Can you vamp sure. a little bit? Um, I'm going to jump to this one really quick. Some, this is some interesting news out of England. Their Office for National Statistics just put out a list of people who died from COVID between January of 2020, before mm-hmm. the pandemic for most people oh, really began, uh-huh. through the end of February of this year, because that's right, where right. they could collect data for. So 13 months. And they, uh, no, more. Uh, you're in two months. I said 13 months. Oh, I'm sorry. 14 yeah. months, but yes. you're right, yeah. So they put out that data, and here's what's interesting. When you sort it out by religion, Uh-oh. the no-religion category, men and women in the no-religion group and women identifying as other religion had lower rates of death yeah. involving COVID-19 compared with the Christian group. Um, in fact, they were lower than pretty much every group everywhere. Did anybody beat us? Um... Uh, atheists live no. forever. That's a scientific fact. Again, they didn't break it down by atheists. It's okay. no religion is the umbrella group for sure. atheists, okay. agnostics, and the, the I believe in some hippy-dippy shit. <laughs> um, I should say Muslims were a uh, smaller population in England, yeah. outsized rate for COVID really? deaths, but also because a lot of the Muslims in England um, more clustered Mm -hmm. it's easier for this stuff to spread in smaller communities especially in poorer communities so it's not just a religion uh, thing that's the reason for this dichotomy it's not like uh certain religious groups are saying don't take a vaccine or take stupid risks it's that it's more there's obviously more factors but if you break it down by religion alone no religious the people without organized religion did a lot better Hmm. than pretty much every religious group out there which, yeah, again, I, I'm not surprised I mean, by it. The people who follow the science right. and take that seriously and follow precautions that are based on the evidence. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm not eager to go to church right. with other people stupidly right. in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, again, a lot of conferences I would have loved to have gone to. Mm-hmm. They're all live streamed. It's not nearly as fun. Don't yeah. get to talk to people. But every group I could think of in the atheist world did that because that's the responsible thing to do. A lot of Christian churches chose not to. A lot of other denominations chose not to. So what do you expect is going to happen? Can I ask, before I get to my Mm -hmm. article, can I ask a morality question that I think you might be able to answer? Go on. At what point is it morally okay for me to a, look an anti-vaxxer dead in the eye and say, fine, die. I do not care anymore. I was thinking about that soon. Like, if we're Because I'm getting going, real fucking close to it. Yeah, like, if we're opening up schools for everybody uh-huh. and we're saying, you know, get vaccinated so you can go out in public and do stuff, 
at some point, once once everyone has easy access to a vaccine and you don't have to deal with appointments and trying Which to get arguably one, we're at now. In, yeah. in, at least We're in our area. There. Right. We're in our area, there. you can walk in most and places. kids can get it, mm-hmm. and it's down to, like, the youngest age child. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no legit reason for you not to have one at that point. Mm-hmm. At that point, yeah, I think that's fair. To just say, if you're unvaccinated, sorry, we tried, yeah. you didn't listen. Yeah. What else can we do? If you suffer, you... I mean, we're going to see a lot of very interesting obituaries a year from now. Right. That are going to be like, this person died of COVID, and you're going to see a lot of eye rolling, Mm -hmm. I think, in general. It's like, I'm sorry, I wish you didn't, but I also wish you would listen, because what do you want? It's not my responsibility to to talk with you as if your point of view is just as valid as that of the entire fucking scientific community. It's, I'm genuinely starting, like, I was... I think very clear early on in the pandemic, I was extremely angry about this sort of Christian privilege of you can't shut down churches because whatever. And that was, I think, the first part of my, and I do not like this side of myself, but the first time I thought in my head, fucking, I don't care. But of course, during the middle of the pandemic, the problem was not just you're going to get COVID and die. It's you're going to get COVID and pass it on to a million people, many of whom are going to be ill, suffer long-term consequences, death. But at this point, I'm like, I don't know. I'm all vaxxed. As of today, Mikey's all vaxxed. Mm -hmm. My parents, my sit, like the people I love and are important to me are vaxxed. And like, if somebody chooses not to do that and suffers the consequence, I do not know if I have the emotional capacity to feel bad for that person. Yeah. I mean, I felt that and way. And I think that makes me a bad person. I felt that way during quarantine too, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we would all have a very different reaction to the entire pandemic if the people who made irresponsible choices were the only people who suffered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. It's all these innocent people. Like the wedding in Maine were like, A what? bunch of people died who did not go to the wedding, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Where the death toll was close to 100 mm-hmm. and only seven of them were at the wedding or mm-hmm. something. It's like, that's the problem there. Yeah. But if it was just those seven, it's like, eh, what'd you expect? Yeah. Like, mm. it, uh, I don't know. And I, I genuinely think that makes me a shitty person. And I'm willing to admit that on this podcast. But like, I don't know how to feel empathy for somebody who is pushing back against every opportunity we give them to help them. And hurting other people in the process. And hurting other people in the process. And it's like... Oh, God. It's not a communications issue. It's you genuinely just want to hurt people at this point. I don't care what conspiracy you yeah. believe, but you, no matter what anyone's tried to say, you've ignored it, you've mm-hmm. rejected it, you've accepted conspiracy theories about it. Again, if if that's the case, mm-hmm. and no matter what anyone tries, you were saying, nope, I'm going to hurt the world, whether mm-hmm. you use those words or not. I wish only those, I mean, yeah. I don't want them to suffer. I genuinely wish they would not, I do not I'd want do people right to thing. die, but I also... I just wish the people who made stupid decisions were the ones who suffered the consequences yeah. of it. I feel like the next step is going to be, like, you know when they... <laughs> when biologists go into the, the wild and, like, have to shoot a trank gun into a rhino so they can give it some sort of shot or move it? I think that's, like, the next step is I'm just going to have to... We're just going to have to, like, well, trank anti-vaxxers. That's what and the <laughs> conspiracy theories... Whoa. That's what the conspiracy theories are like, where they're just saying... Like, they're trying to get us. You got to stay away before they inject this, whatever they're calling it, poison, into you. It's like, well, look, at some point, if you haven't listened to anything we've said about who to listen to for advice, and critical thinking is not your strong suit, and you're, what what do you want? There are pastors, some of the most conservative pastors in the country, 
Franklin Graham, Robert mm-hmm. Jeffress mm-hmm. have said, go get vaccinated. All the Trumps did. All the Trumps got vaccinated. Quietly, but they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, Just do what daddy does. It's fine. <laughs> Gross like, real. I hated that. Yeah, well. <laughs> that was such a terrible Do what your Lord and Savior does. <laughs> I mean, and it's, I really think it's funny when there's all these think pieces from like WGN or whatever, like, are there going to be, do you, are you going to need a vaccination to go to school? And it's like, I already do. Like I, when I went to school. Who's not getting it? But like, I've had to get vaccinated, vaccine, I've had, I had to get the MMR vaccine to go to fucking kindergarten. We have been doing. I'm filling out kindergarten registration stuff now and the amount of paperwork. kindergarten already? Yeah, the amount of paperwork. It is insane, of but course. also fine. Yeah. All right. You need to know she's got her shots. Right. Fine. I'll and make like, sure she has it. Can she eat almonds or not? Like, no. yeah, let's give them as much information <laughs> as they need about my kid in, in an, an attempt not to kill her. I don't know. I'm just really um, having trouble with it. Yeah. Um, anyway, also Texas banned abortion at six weeks. Fuck that guy. I don't. I don't. Like, what else am I going to say? Yeah. It's all garbage. It's a heartbeat bill. It fucking sucks. It's, I think, the biggest country, or biggest country, biggest um, state in history to to do stuff like that. It Six weeks is horribly early. You, with the, start counting, I'm going to say this for the rest of my life, you start counting at the first day of your last period. So that means five weeks is probably when you missed your period. And that gives you... Hmm, I don't know, maybe five days to think, oh, maybe my period's late. And then another couple days to hopefully be able to get in for an abortion if you can make it and there's not long lines and a wait and a mandatory wait period. <sighs> I'm so mad. Yes. Fucking Texas. All right. All right. Where do we find you? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Jess Blumke. Um, you can find me on my Etsy shop at Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, thank you. I've gotten a couple of fun, fun orders from a few people in the last few days. Um, and don't forget, uh, I'll, I'll tweet it out, so follow me on Twitter. But um, Sunday at 3 p.m. Central, you can see me on the nonprofits. And you can see my green hair. I have green hair now. Sweet. Yeah. You? I am at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Uh, to everyone except the woke people, feel free to write. I'm That's a friendly, friendlyatheist.com. Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. Support the show. You can get it ad-free for five bucks a month. We mm-hmm. appreciate it. And we'll see you after Jessica returns from Portland. Yay. Bye. Bye.